This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week is sponsored by the Riverside Cafe, new outside bar, now open on match days. Welcome to the Wednesday Week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm James, your stand-in host, and your Wednesday Week lineup today, returning her place after returning from a two-match ban last week, it's Victoria Wood. Good evening, James. How are we? I'm all right. Are you? Well, I am, but we are a little depleted on our usual numbers. We Um, are, we are, but... At least we have celebrity friends. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> Lord H cannot be here. Um, he, he's he's currently being investigated after undercover footage emerged of him apparently <laughs> explaining to other podcasts how they can get around iTunes rules and regulations. Um, Eddie, Eddie is also suspended at the moment pending an internal investigation after newspaper reports that he accepted a bung in return for making disparaging remarks about Blackburn last week. <laughs> Rich Davies, he's on strike. He's made a formal complaint alleging a campaign of sabotage against his Where Are They Now feature by an unnamed Wednesday Week podcaster. <clears throat> and Fudge, well, Fudge is never here, is he? Fudge never turns up, so that's, Fudge that's is no left surprise. Fudge religion, yeah. let's be honest. But all is, all is not lost because we've managed to secure an emergency loan signing all the way from La Liga. It's David Garrido. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you are scraping barrels with me, I'm afraid. But <laughs> now, since, since we last talked, David, you, you've, you've, you've had a promotion. You've got a new job, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I mean, I'm still doing Sky Sports News, uh, but I'm sort of splitting my week. So I'm doing a little bit less of that and uh, and I'm hosting La Liga on Sky Sports, which is cool because I've always loved it. And I speak the language and it really sort of is a natural fit. So I get to work with Guillaume Balaguer, who's a legend. Uh, he's such a nice bloke and, you know, he's just really welcomed me in and he really drives the thing. Um, so behind the scenes, he does a lot and 
yeah, it's great. It's nice to have a new project, a, a fresh focus. So, uh, yeah, can't complain. All good. Well, the thank thing you. is, David, but I met you like, what, eight, ten years ago? You were on Radio 1 doing the news, doing the sports news. This is the dream, isn't it? You are living the dream right now. Like, Sky Sports was the dream, but La Liga, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it's it. great. It, yeah, I mean, listen, I think, I mean, a lot of people would be desperate to present Match of the Day or desperate to present, you know, I suppose Super Sunday or Monday Night Football or something like that. But for me, I've always loved foreign football. I've always just been really intrigued by it. It's just quite you know, obviously in Spain, it's such high level, technically, tactically, they're way ahead. And I just, I find it just culturally really interesting, as stupid as that sounds. But, you know, as I say, it's, it's something that really fits me and my background. So, you know, when they asked me if I, you know, how I feel about doing it, I went, yeah, I'd, I'd feel pretty good. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's great. It, yeah, it's lovely. I, I can't, you know, I, we're just six games into the season, but you know, it's a long old season and I just want to, it's one of the products from Sky that I'm, I think it's just, it's always been really, really good. And I just want to keep it at that level. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. And, and come on, anything's got to be better than hosting Burnley versus Watford on a Monday night, hasn't it? <laughs> I mean, well, that... I mean, the thing is that, you know, you, you will get sort of some teams that you probably the average English, British football fan won't have heard of like Leganes or I don't know, Osasuna, well, actually Osasuna you might have heard of, or, you know, slightly random teams. But I suppose the challenge is trying to pick out those really kind of cool little stories that develop those teams. I I went to um, a football conference called Soccer X earlier this week. Um, You you might have heard of it. It's kind of like quite a sort of corporate-y... It's a big deal. You might have heard of it. You might have heard of it. But, but the thing is that it's it's they've got a really strong connection with La Liga this year. So it was just perfectly time for me to go and just meet loads of people. And they're, honestly, the nicest people and the fact that I was sort of representing their brand here, they were sort of, you know really pleased to meet me and have that interest. And so, yes, yeah, so it was really, really cool. And um, hopefully they will help me get those quirky little stories on air, those things you don't really hear about. So I can sort of, if I do have Leganes, on the telly, then I might be able to hook you in by telling you something about them that maybe you didn't know, and then you'll stick and watch the game. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Excellent stuff. Right, down to Wednesday business then, because, yeah. um, I mean, it's been, been a busy old week on the pitch. Uh, first up was Nottingham Forest at Hillsborough on Saturday. Now, let's be right about this. There is no better way, is there, to win a game than in injury time, but it really isn't doing our health much good, is it? I've, I've aged horribly in the last fortnight. I'd rather be winning 6-0 by half-time. Like, there is a better way. There's a better way. There is a way that doesn't end up turning me grey and <laughs> turning me into an absolute nervous wreck by half-time. Um, so, yeah, there is a better way. However, I made a bet with you, James, before the match that if we won in the last seven minutes, I believe it was, mm-hmm. that you had to come to the pub for another drink. And therefore, I got more James time. So, I'm happy. Uh- yeah, I mean, it was a big sacrifice. I just had to come and have more beer. But, you know, these things have to be done. Um, I, I the, Earlier on this evening, I went for tea with my dad, who was at the game on um, Saturday. And he said he thought we were a bit lucky that a draw would have been a good result. And I said, oh, were you at the same match at me? I thought we played brilliantly. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I haven't seen as much of us this season as I'd like to have done. But I think we were well worth the points. I think it was sort of one of those that the 
you know, the, the Forest game and, and the Blackburn game, actually. But the Forest game, um, yes, I mean, you know, a, another late goal. And, and yet one of the things that it, it proves is that even when, you know, things aren't going as well as you, you, you know, that, that they should be on the pitch, you, you go a goal down. We've just got this utter belief that we can come back from anywhere. doesn't matter. One goal down, two goals down. And, you know, that, that really does bode well. I'm, I'm with you, Vic. I would rather not have to do it. But I think that, you know, we're starting to settle a little bit now. I, I think before my worry was I'm not entirely sure what our first eleven is anymore. And it's nice to have options. But one of the things that we were all secure about last season is that pretty much maybe with one change or one one area yeah. of doubt, we all mm -hmm. knew what the strongest eleven was. Um, and we would just go and deliver on that. Now... You know, I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I'm I I'm, I think we had slightly. I don't know what our identity is anymore. A little bit. I think we kind of just changed that. We've got a lot of you know trying to move things around a bit. But the good thing is that we are still coming back and winning games. And I think we were value for the points. I think you know in both games we really were. I I genuinely think we played well, like the whole game. I don't think there was anything that we could say. I think there were about ten minutes in between, sort of like. Uh, maybe 20 minutes, between like 40, 65 minutes, something like that, that we completely lost it. And not in a bad way, like in a way that we weren't totally annihilating them. But after that, I think we pulled it back again and we just, we bossed it. We were awesome. Um, but I do think, and I know I sound like a broken record, but Dave coming on did make a huge difference, yeah, yeah. as usual. Yeah, that's very true. We, we don't often analyse a last-minute winner, do we? Because it's just it's about the relief of it going in. But when you watch that goal back, I mean, that was a neat goal, wasn't it? And and Dave did play a key part in it, as did Fletcher. Um, but come on, guys. Kieran Lee, 150th appearance Legend. for Wednesday. I mean, could he have marked it in any better a way? Definitely not. I mean, he was just, you know, he's just, he's one of these people that for probably the first year that we had him, didn't get, he got the credit of, he comes from Oldham, he's touched his golden and all that jazz, but he didn't get the full credit. And I think from the end, sort of like the middle to end of last season and the start of this season, people are starting to really realise what he can do. And he is brilliant. He's awesome. And you can play him defensive, he can play him attacking, and he always, always comes up with the goods. And he has had, like, let's not forget Bristol City, he messed up like two or three times in that, and he really, really did. And one of them cost us a goal. However, yet again, pulled it back, worked for it. And he that's the kind of player that he is. He is a player that will run after every single ball. And that's what we need. Um, and I think as well, it's not a usual type of player in the Premiership. So if we did go up or if we are competing in the top six, I think he might shock a few people. I think he might scare a few people. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the thing about Kieran is that he... He's sort of a little barometer for the team. If he's playing well, we play well. And uh, I think that he kind of goes about his business in such an unassuming way. He's such a sort of tidy, nifty player. Uh, you kind of get so used to seeing it that you just therefore just expect it. So what then happens is that if, if he doesn't for one game produce it because, you know, no one's perfect, everyone has off days, and suddenly our level drops, our intensity drops, that we don't move the ball as quickly, we don't have the intensity, the urgency. I think he's a real example of that. 
And the other thing is his engine. I mean, it's it's no surprise that it's him that's scoring these late goals because he's still the one who's who's getting into the box when everyone else is tired and just can't be bothered. And and you know we saw it against Rotherham, you know, last well, a couple of seasons ago, and we saw it against Bristol City, and now again against Forest. So I think that it's that combination. He's just so metronomically good, and also he's just so so fit compared to some of the other players. Uh, we talked, to, and you touched a little bit on it there, David, about almost like our embarrassment of riches in in midfield, and the fact that you yeah. know, we just can't play all the players that we've we've got. It was almost like a bit of a rare outing for Alman Abdi uh, in the second half against um, Forest, who's obviously not been involved too much of late. Um, I don't know what you guys thought. I thought he looked really effective. I thought he had a, a he really good awesome. performance when he came on. He was brilliant, and I. I must admit, I read a lot of stuff about him after the last match that he played before that, and people were saying that he was a bit poor. And, you know, then we saw, obviously, Joe Cran and his stats saying that he got 100% pass rate, blah, blah, blah. And yet people were still slating him, saying, you know, they were like little passes or tippy-tappy football, blah, blah, blah. Um, But actually, I think he's really, really good. And, you know, it's like David said, like, we need to find our first eleven. I do think that Abdi deserves a part in that. I just, I don't know where you fit him in. I just, uh, my, can my we play bit. 15? That'd be yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And half of them in midfield. I mean, this is the thing is that, you know, I have two, I have two concerns. One is Abdi, where he's playing. I mean, at the moment, if he's playing anywhere, you know, and when he starts, it's left side. That's not where he, he normally plays. That's where he got stuck when he was at Watford and he didn't like it. Look, you know, we've just spent a fair amount of money on this guy. We we don't want to make him feel the same. The other thing is, if that is where we're going to put him, which I think is wrong, then what happens when Poodle's fit? Who then plays there? Well, I would play Reach there because I think that he is quality. And I think that Alman Abdi is also very good. I mean, you know, Watford fans, when we signed him, were, were, were you know, were, were, were crying pretty much. I mean, you know, there were more... Upset Ten times them, more than Pessy, weren't they? Yeah. 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 And the, I think that, you know, for me, the midfield... Uh, look, I think David Jones did a good job against Forrest, and I think that there are certain times when you play certain players. We do have too many, I think. But I actually think you could probably do something like Lee, Bannon, Abdi, Reach, or something like that. That, for me, is the most consistent, um, you know, uh, talented midfield. You don't have width on the right, but you do on the left. So, you know, we, we seem then to... then you're losing Ross Wallace. You, you are, but Ross it's hasn't... It's all, like, oh, Yeah, but, I mean, so listen, you're right, you're right. And he scored goals last season and he created and he assisted. But Ross hasn't provided it for us yet this season, I don't think. So... Why don't we try that? I don't know. I mean, listen, we've got at least, as you say, James, we've got an embarrassment of riches. So, you know, it's not like it's the worst dilemma in the world, but it's still a dilemma. Oh, are we... How good is it, though? Can I just point out how good is it that we're not just relying on Chris Lines or <laughs> yeah. John Paul McGovern or someone <laughs> like that? Like, we actually, we've got too many good players, like million, two million, three billion pound players that we can't fit into a team. Yeah, it's mental. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I think you know it is. It, we, I'm, I'm always. I was chatting to someone about this actually earlier in the week, and actually, you might have heard of this guy, Chris Brooks, who's a Wednesday fan. Mm. He's got Beats and Rhymes FC as his website, and he interviewed me for a, a few few years ago, and I bumped into him at this thing, and 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 I was saying exactly that. I, you know that uh, it just fans just are so extreme. Everything is Carlos had a dream or Carlos out. 
and nothing in the middle. And yet, actually, look at where we are now compared to just five seasons ago. And you're right, you know, look, if, if we would have died for a player of just David Jones's quality. <laughs> we would. Let, let alone have him sat on our bench and going, oh, I'm not sure why we signed him. <laughs> you, you know, do you know what I mean? The, the, the perspective, the, you know, the, the ability to be just, you know, balanced, sometimes completely disappears with fans. You know, and overall, the picture is so much better. But we do still need to solve the problem. We still need to find a solution. And, you know, maybe Bannon's little niggling injury is where, where Abdi should Abdi should be. I, I would love the thought of him linking up with, with Forestieri. I think that they can really get an understanding that, that just gives a different dynamic to the midfield. But They already have it. They already have it, don't they? That's the thing, yeah. right? That's the reason he came here. Let's be honest. There's money, there's the prospect of going to the Premiership and whatever else. But Fessy's the main reason that mm. he came here because he said, he said he wanted to play with him again. Yeah. And yet, he's not. <laughs> Yeah, maybe nine yeah. to five in the week. He gets some kickabout with him. I do, not on feel, the pitch. I do feel Addy's wasted on the bench or on the left side of midfield. Um, my my hope would be that we can find another way of incorporating him. But look, you know, we won four out of five. Um, you know, Carlos is still doing a good job. We're you know we're we're in and again amongst that you know top six. So I can't criticise that, but I still think there's an issue there that needs to be addressed. Are, are we um, are we trying to find a solution to a problem that's not really there? In the regards that we were, we were talking about this a bit in the car on the way to Blackburn, that we've all been saying for a few weeks now, we've got to figure out who our best eleven is. Is is Carlos thinking there isn't that situation is never going to come round? The games come so thick and fast in the championship. You pick up so many injuries in the championship that we're not going to have a settled midfield. It is going to be changing pretty much game in, game out, and that's just the way it's 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 going to be. And we'd like to try and incorporate every player into that, but that's just never going to happen. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree. And I think it's it's like I said, like you couldn't dream this team five years ago. Like you couldn't, you couldn't even think about it. And now we're we're panicking over four out of five. <laughs> like for Christ's sake, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> But don't get me wrong, I'm still the same person at 60 Minutes that's screaming and shouting and saying, we need to do this, this and this. I sent Carlos my tactics the other night. Um, he didn't <laughs> follow them. Uh, bit, bit offended Carlos, and he listened. So, but there's, there's got to be something like that we've just got to sit back and go, do you know what? <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. Let's leave him to it. He's brilliant. Well, we, he, he does, but, you know, I, I, I do also think that we don't have the surprise factor this season anymore. People know what we're about, and especially away from home, we can get bullied. And that, for me, is why the Blackburn result was quite so significant. It was because we stuck Jones in there, he, he was composed, he broke up the play, he was a nice and calming influence. And, and we didn't get bullied like we were away to Burton or like we had been at home to Leeds. And so maybe if, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if people have already worked us out, maybe the way to try and keep some element of surprise is to change the team. But I wouldn't want to change a team for change's sake. Um, we only, I think, kept one uh, unchanged 11 last season, or maybe two. But And it took us till like literally like about three quarters of the way through the season to get it. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that I think a degree of consistency still is needed. And, and I'd like us to, you know, maybe have found a, a style and, and, an eth and an ethos that we had last season because that gave us balance, 
that gave us consistency. We went on a run this time last season, which which kind of really embodied that. Um, so I think it's kind of a mixture of these things. I don't think, you know, by any means we're doing badly at all. Look, look at who else is, you know, in and around us in the table. Teams have lost just as much as we have. You know, Norwich and, and Newcastle lost two or three times. It's not like, you know, we're way behind. The only team that's lost once is Birmingham. So, you know, and we and we could have beaten them. So it's it's still like one of those things where, look, listen, we're fine. We're absolutely fine. But in terms of like identity, I just don't know exactly what we are right now, which is quite, I don't know, it's, sometimes it's quite intriguing. It's quite confusing. That must be great from Carl's perspective as well. To be able to go, yeah, bitch, you don't know what I'm going to play next match. Yeah. I can play Abde, I can play Lee, I can play Bannon. You don't know. And that's got to be a really good thing because as an away manager, surely the first thing you do is watch the last three games on DVD and analyse everything. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he has no idea, like the opposite manager has no idea who we're going to play and where and when, that's that's got to be a good thing. It's just, yeah. it is frustrating as fans. It really, really is because we want to feel like we're in the know and we want to feel like we know every week who's going to be the starting eleven, who's going to score at what time, whatever else. But actually, it's time to kind of sit back and go, do you know what, Mr. Chancery and Carlos have got this in hand, like, completely. Mm. It's just, it's frustrating to not be so cocky and in the know about it. It's just, it's a bit of a balancing act, isn't it, between, you're right, about that element of surprise about what's the what, what the team is that we're going to play and even what tactics we're going to play. Uh, against the value of having a style of play that the players know inside out. And and as we saw last season, when you get to know a style of play inside out, you can go on a great run and you can pick up lots of points. And and, and obviously, you know, we made it into the top six last season. So it it is a tricky one. Um, One more point on on Forest before we move on. And again, something that so easily gets forgotten in the circumstances of a last-minute winner. Uh, but that save by Westwood at the start of the, the second oh, half, yes. that was fantastic. And he, he has surely eradicated the ghosts of the uh, the Brentford and Birmingham mistakes in, in a split second there, hasn't he? Yeah, it was a great save. It was it was one of those that, you know, you could see it going in, bef- you know, and you're just thinking, this is such a perfectly placed glance header. It was, you know, and, and it was one of those saves that makes you so glad that we've got him because yeah, the the Brentford mistake was unfortunate, just took a little too long and the and it was a bad error judgment at Birmingham. But, you know, that is what he produces, you know, two or three times a month. And he's single handedly, you know, won games for us by by just being brilliant like that. So, you know, again, no one's perfect. And he does more of of, of what we saw against Forest uh, than he than he does what we do what he saw against Brentford and Birmingham. So yeah, I mean it's that's Westy back to his best right there. Absolutely. Right then, back on the road then on Tuesday um, over the hills to that charming place that is uh, Blackburn. (laughs) Now, they were in decent form, weren't they, coming into the game on Tuesday? Two wins on the bounce. I must admit, before the game, I did have a slight nervousness. I think playing them two, three weeks ago, I'd have thought... Oh, you know, we 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 can we can stuff these. We can we can really beat them easily. Um, but with our wobbly away run and them in in good form, um, it, it was always going to be a bit of a close one. But um, you know, that was that was pretty much the ideal away performance, wasn't it? We got the goal and then we defended the lead resolutely. Uh, James, I just want to do a public service announcement before we talk about this. So I I was listening on my FM radio. It's like one of them DAB, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It just, it tunes into radio, whatever you press. <laughs> but 
when it got to FM, it kept crackling. So I don't know if anyone saw on Twitter, but I had numerous different sort of ways that I was trying to earth the radio just to get it in. And do you know what worked? A new potato. Down the aerial, halfway down, brilliant. No what? crackling. Yep. And <laughs> a potato earths your radio. That is a true fact. And I remember this. the potato you know comes from the earth. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I don't know why I thought of it, but I was like, my granddad always Because when I was little, and uh, my mum and dad used to go to away games, I used to go to my nana granddad's house, and my granddad always used to put a potato on the radio to earth it, like to get better signal. And it worked the other night, and I did tweet from our account yeah. and a photo, and it genuinely worked. Like, I tried everything. I had my foot on it for, like, 20 minutes. It's just like, if you need a wee, you could lose all signal here. Like, there's nothing I can do. So I got a potato, and it worked. Um, but, yeah, it sounded it sounded great via the potato. I've, I've heard, by the way, that um, curries are now giving a free potato with every new radio <laughs> after uh, your example from, um, so they from Tuesday night. So they should. Um. Do you know what? I mean, the, the, the goal from Stephen Fletcher was an excellent goal. Now, I, I have a, a slight dilemma here because where I was in, in the crowd at Ewood Park, I was right, not behind, but sort of in front of that, that shot as it went in. And I absolutely swear blind that it took a deflection off the defender. Uh, and that's why the keeper didn't get anywhere near it. Watching the TV replay, you can't, you can't see that. You can't tell. I am absolutely certain it did. I asked my friends and they said... Yeah, I sort of thought that it did, but I'm not really sure. So it's it's inconclusive, but I'm sure it took a deflection. Should I try and ask him. Oh, that would be if we if we can you know settle oh, this. Look at you with exclu- your is this is this a WhatsApp like uh, Alex Lopez was, or um, are you Snapchatting him? Uh, neither. I'll let you know. I'll let okay. you know. I've okay. just inquired. Normally, I would ask ask David Garrido these sort of questions. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I think it was clean. I think it was he. It just shows what he brings. It's it's you know the 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 assists for Hooper at Birmingham. Um, you know he's so much more than just a target man. I think we're really appreciating that now. And I think he's a player that plays so much on confidence. And he didn't have it at Sunderland, didn't have it at Marseille. But you know I'm so he for me is one of the first names on the team sheet. You know it's either him and and Forestieri or him and Hooper with with Forestieri maybe out left. But Stephen for me has been just a real revelation he's really into his stride now and and for me i think it was just one of those and it, you know him and bannon particularly they do it for scotland they do it for wednesday you know they link up so well and he he just was so on conf, full of confidence that i think it was all completely intended and i think it was clean so yeah i mean that's, it was, that's another one of my things from my point earlier is that we have to just go oh my god how good is stephen fletcher yeah and he plays for us like, it's just, it's not happened for so long that we have to just, at some point, like, I know every so often I get slated for being too positive on a podcast, too negative, blah, blah, blah. but <laughs> too positive, I'll take. But Jesus Christ, the guy can't stop. Like, he's just brilliant, isn't he? And we don't have, we don't have any bad players. That's the main thing at the moment. Like, we don't have anybody that you could say, oh, he's, he's pretty bad. You know, he's, he's, they might have the odd NAF game, but NAF compared to 10 years ago is world class. So Stephen Fletcher has been brilliant the last few times I've seen him. He's been awesome. 
But like it sounded, and like I said, I listened via the potato. So <laughs> it sounded brilliant the other night. It really did sound like he was on top of everything and he was ready and he was ready to take everything. And obviously I've seen the highlights and everything else and he just looked class. And um, I don't know if it took a deflection from, like you said, James, from what I saw in the highlights, I couldn't tell if it did or not. Uh, it, what, regardless whether it took a deflection or not, that was his 100th um, league goal, which is cracking. That's such a good achievement for him. Yeah, I mean, for you know... Sheffield Wednesday already? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's amazing, Bloody hell. He's played like six games, but That's somehow... That's incredible. No, it's, do you know what? I mean, like, as I said, he's he's had spells where it hasn't quite worked for him. I think he himself has admitted that. But, you know, suddenly he was never going to go back there after the Marseille stint. And Marseille was just a, a useful distraction and chance to do something else for six months. But, I th- you know, he has proven previously in his career, you know, Wolves, Burnley, up in Scotland, that, that he when he gets on a run like this, he is not just predatory, but really skillful, really skillful. Um, he contributes in so many ways. He links up so well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, just re- reinforcing what Vic said, he, he is you know, he's playing for us. And I think there's a degree of kind of, you know, jaw smacking against floor with this, that hang on a minute, we've got, you know, a, a, a genuine number nine, but who has got all these extra bits to him as well. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, hundred goals. It's so glad that he managed to reach that landmark with us. Yes. And very true. He is indeed a very genuine number six. That's absolutely right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just um, while I think about this as well, I mean, he came incredibly close to scoring a cracker against Forrest as well. Because, I mean, he's a guy that he shoots on sight, doesn't he? He he gets a sight of goal, he'll have a pop. And how long has it been since we've had someone that has, firstly, the confidence, but also the ability to to do that? If he gets a sight of goal, he, what, nine times out of ten, he gets a shot on target. And that's, that's brilliant. And that's all you can ask for out of a... Uh, a, a striker. Um, to, to talk about someone else as well, then that uh, that I think had a really good game on 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 Tuesday, and this is a weird one because um, Adam Reach, obviously we 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 brought him for a, a lot of money, and since he's been with us, he's been having to play in a position that we probably didn't expect him to be to be playing in uh, at, at left back. Um, I can't quantify what I mean by this, but I'm I'm seeing signs now in him of why he was a five million pound player. There are things that he 100%. does that just look class. Even playing at left back on Tuesday night, well, two things on Tuesday night. He seemed to fall over a lot. I'm guessing he had the wrong studs on in the first half. Uh, but also the way that he can go past a man, the way that he can cross a ball in. Th- this guy is going to be seriously good, isn't he? Yeah. Me and the guys around us this season have been saying, like, do you know, like, five million obviously is our highest ever signing. Like, that's huge. That is massive. That's bigger than Decanio. But you're looking like money then, money now. You know, five million pounds for a really, really good player in the championship is not a lot of money. So, actually, he's a bloody good signing. And we, we're almost piling pressure on him by saying, oh, he's our highest ever signing, you know, bigger than Decanio, blah, blah, blah. But Decanio was, Christ, like, what, 20 years ago? Was it yeah, 20 years ago? Something like Jesus. that, yeah. Jesus. No, oh, like my 90, God. It was like 98, 99, wasn't it? Something like that. So that is a long time ago. And money since then has changed big time. And football since then has changed absolutely dramatically. And you know what? what £5 million pounds isn't that much. But at the same time, it's a good 
very, very good player in this and league. He hasn't even peaked yet, Vic. He's still young. And do you know, I, I know what you mean about, about that, James, when you say you can't quite put your finger on it. I think what it is, he, he makes the game look effortless. He he does the simple things very well, and he's got great judgment. He's got all the te- technical stuff. I think that's that's almost sort of down pat, but it's actually his brain in a weird sort of way that I think marks him out. And uh, and and you know, I think when he is playing left wing, I think he will be frightening. I think it'll be absolutely frightening. In a way, I can't wait till Poodle is fit so that he doesn't have to worry about that side of his game. But he you know he does what he's asked to do, and and he and he does it so easily, so effortlessly. And he's still going to get better and better. So even more to to add to your argument, Vic, about it being great value, this player will be worth three times that in a in a few years if he carries. Yeah. And um, just to give him credit as well for the fact that I think he's overtaken Fessy now as our smiliest player. <laughs> Have you ever seen Adam Reach without a massive smile on his face? He's one happy chappy, isn't he? That's only because Fessy's cried the last few times. So <laughs> he's going through a bad patch. He's he's coming out of it now. He's on the way up. So don't give him that title yet, James. Let's okay. let's leave it to Fessy. Right. Let's let's move on. We've we've talked a lot about the players that have played well in the last couple of of games, um, and we've touched on the performances earlier in the month as well. Of course, it is that time. It is Player of the Month time, or Man of the Month, as we all know it should be called. Um, now, as people listen to this, chances are it will have been announced. Now, I'm guessing that it's going to be Kieran Lee because of the goals that, that he scored and the, the manner in which he's, he's scored the two late winners and, of course, the nature of his performances as well. But um, there's a fair few players that could give him a run for his money. I mean, we've talked a lot about Stephen Fletcher, haven't we, tonight? This could be a close one. I think it will be Kieran just simply because, you know, you can't beat... Of course, that I think we all we all know about now, uh, which is uh, raising money for for Haley. Um, as I think we all know, she's the the wife of Wednesday's performance director. She has um, an, a, a very aggressive cancer and is currently raising money for alternative therapy in America. Uh, the collection at Hillsborough on Saturday uh, raised. This is just from the fans: eleven thousand four hundred and sixty-four pounds. And the club are matching that as as well, which gives us near as damn it twenty three grand, which is just brilliant, isn't it? Unbelievable, isn't it? Like I was excited last season when Cavendish raised like seventeen hundred quid. I was like, oh my god, we're the highest ever bucket collection. That's amazing. This is ten times more, pretty much, and it's just obscene. Like that is amazing, and like. I literally emptied my purse into that bucket and there were notes, there were coins, whatever else. So did my other half, so did our friend John. Like, And I think everybody did because it's a genuine sort of, it's a person. You know, you're not, you're not raising for, obviously I work for a local independent charity, but you're not raising for sort of Macmillan or these huge charities that you don't really know where your money is going. You know that this is going to pay for a wife, a mother to get the treatment that, to be honest, she should be getting in the UK. Like, there's no need for her to go abroad. Like, we all pay into the NHS, but that's another question. Um, but fantastic. Like, that is brilliant. And it brought a tear to my eye when I saw it, I must admit. And, and do you know what else? I think um, we've known about this campaign because it's been going for some time, because she's been fighting for so long. And I think what I find 
even more staggering is the generosity given that there are probably some people who, who contributed on on Saturday who uh, had contributed before and probably before then and and no one's getting kind of contribution fatigue if that makes sense do you know what I mean no one no one's going oh well I've kind of donated to that so now nah, it's me done and that just shows I think the strength of feeling for it and and how much everyone just desperately wants to get her this next stage of treatment everyone who's sort of signed up to the the mailing list you know who's donated gets a little update and you know everyone is still just full full steam ahead full force behind this and I think you know that's that's for me one of the most pleasing aspects is it's just keeping going, keeping going, and and hopefully that momentum will continue. I think it's a real person, isn't it? As well, that's what that's what gets you to dig that extra pound note out of your pocket. Is that it's a real person, like, and I'm sure we would be the same if it was a fan, if it was anybody. And there's a link to Sheffield Wednesday. You suddenly think, Jesus, that could be me. That could be my wife. That could be my mum. That could be anybody. <laughs> and I think that's why you know everyone's digging deep and. I, I've done exactly what you just said, David. Like I've given the last few times that there's been an ask come out, and then gave on Saturday and whatever, and I will still continue to. Um, but it just really shows that the whole group of fans are completely behind her, and especially with it being like Forest and it being like local fans who yeah. went, yeah, do you know what? You know, we're there's she's from Derby, we're Nottingham, she's she, we're Sheffield everyone comes together and just goes, that could be us. Couldn't agree more. Um, I have got to backtrack slightly, though. Vic, during that, did you refer to digging the last pound note out of your bag? <laughs> just, I'm sorry, how old are what? you again? Eighteen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, now we're going to talk about the, the Brighton game in a bit, obviously, um, but it is the, the final game before we go into the second international break of the season, and that, of course, means international call-up time. Um, now, clearly, all of us are going to have abandoned supporting England uh, after recent events. So maybe we, we're just starting to warm to the idea now of becoming Scotland fans. Because once again, we've I'm got, 100% Scotland now. We've got two Woo! players in the squad, haven't we? Fletcher and Bannon both called up. Interesting to see Fletcher called up because um, neither Jordan Rhodes or Ross McCormack made it into the, um, into the squad. So um, What's that tell you, James? What's that tell you? We've got the best. That Fletcher's better. We Forget knew this, about the rest. We knew this anyway, but, um, you know, we obviously the, the setup at Scotland um, agree. And you've got to say, on the basis of their performances this season, you know, both really well deserved. Hugely. I mean, Bannon ran the show against Malta. I know it was only Malta, but he totally did. And this is a player who wasn't in Strachan's thoughts about sort of a, yeah, a good a year ago. And they were in touch. But and, and, and Strachan was contacting him to see how he was. And and the fact that he's in a settled run, he's 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 again, like for me, Fletcher is now. Bannon is one of the first names on the team sheet because you know he's playing a lot deeper now, but he 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 knits everything together. He sets our tempo, he he dictates things. And the combination of the two has been really, really good. And you can tell even when Fletcher came on, it was Bannon's ball to him um against Malta and and, and he scored. And so you know, I, th I think it is very well deserved and it's totally unsurprising because, you know, the guy has been performing, Barry's been performing at such a high level and Stevens just found his mojo again. So, you know, and it's nice, isn't it nice to have players on, you know, who are away 
playing for their countries on international duty. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since we've had a few. Now we've got like Westy, got Poodle when he's fit, these two, you know, Wildsmith when he's fit with the under-21s. It's quite nice to be able to follow our players playing for their countries, don't you think? Like, we, we haven't had that for a few years. Yeah, we, we said this last time, didn't we, that it was probably Majid Bagheera was the, the last player that we had that was a regular international <laughs> call-up. Yeah. Um, and maybe Camille Zayet, who uh, was called up for Egypt, wasn't he, while yeah, he was right. playing for us. But yeah, absolutely brilliant. And long may it continue. You know, you'd like to think that we've got players like Wildsmith, maybe even Adam Reach, who've got potential to go on and have international careers. Um, and that's that's got to be good for us. Mm. Right then, big news then, big news. Finally, we have the new badge outside... Woo-hoo! The uh, the South Stand main entrance, looks which big is big and shiny, it's, like it. it's looked it's bare good. for a while, hasn't it? And um, I was a bit worried about this because we've talked about the ones that have gone up on the the cop side of the uh, of, of of the ground, which haven't particularly wowed us in terms of quality. But this is a different affair. This is a this is a pretty good badge. Well, I took a detour tonight on my drive home from work, and <laughs> YOLO. Such a loser. Um, but it actually, do you know what? It looks brilliant. It's like it's 3D. It's it's like hanging there. It looks really, really heavy and really classy. And the ones on the cop, yeah, they, they don't look great. But I don't think they're a permanent solution, to be honest. Um, the way that they're put up, they're all in like sort of panels. And do you know what? From a distance, they look awesome. But up close, yeah, bit naff. But I don't think that's the final product. Is it um, is it a bit negative if I say still don't like the badge, still prefer the old one? Yeah, it is. All right, I'll not say it then. That's fine. We'll gloss <laughs> over that. No, no. Listen, I mean, you know, is everyone's taken a while to get used to the badge. Seeing as it's, you know, it, it changed to that crest and then it changed slightly a bit more and slightly a bit more, and then they made the owl bigger and then they opened his eyes and they closed his eyes and then they opened his eyes again and you know, yeah. But um, I think I think it's not so much the crest. I think when you see it on the shirt, it's the size of the crest on the shirt. It's just enormous. <laughs> you know, you've got a tiny Sondico and this massive crest. And on the shirt and the shorts, you know, it looks like it's you know, taking up your whole quad, basically. But, you know, I think I've got used to the crest. And I, I think, as, as Vic says, the, the one that's on the, on, on the front, you know, just over the bridge on the front of the building, looks really smart. It just it looks like a proper like entrance to a football club now. You know, and and I, listen, maybe this is me being geeky, but I love our our Latin at motto. I think it's you know it's part of who we are, and um, you know, consider animus is is as I've always when I was you know a young fan, and you know, like facts about my club. I always used to love trotting that one. It's like you know, the by wisdom and courage. That's what we're about. You know, the hours, etc. So yeah, I think it's really impressive. I think it's very very um, uh, imposing, uh, which I think is what what. Mr. Chancery wants, you know, that's why he changed it in the first place. You know, the, the old insignia was too passive, too weak. You can't say that about this one. Now, we, as we said, that's, that's big news this week. But there is, there is bigger news than that this week. Anyone that's been in the Wednesday club shop will know that the range of stuff in there at the moment is, is, not, is not brilliant. Now, we have a solution to this problem, don't we, Vic? <laughs> Unless you want a tape measure. 
Come on, Vic, what is the solution then? If someone wants to buy some some quality Sheffield Wednesday-related merchandise uh, but can't find what they want in the club shop and, and maybe want to make a small contribution to their favourite podcast along the way? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so you can log on to twww.tmill, which is twemill.co.uk, and there you can find a range of T-shirts and hoodies and bags, Hessian bags, that are all available. Um, I've sacked off our last supplier, to be honest. They were crap. So we've gone with these new guys, and it's all, like, eco-friendly and, you know, I don't know, not made by children, all that stuff. Um, so we get a much <laughs> lower lower sort of profit from each T-shirt. Um, but we have got them up live, and you can log on now. And if you... <laughs> Apparently, I didn't realise that the descriptions don't come up unless you click on to each individual project, uh, product even. And um, each one, you will realise I was getting increasingly bored with uploading stuff to our shop. Um, and so there are some really interesting descriptions on there where at one point I was like, wow, I didn't know I could do this. This looks pretty professional. Here we go. Is there any things with your... Your new little avatars on them. Your new. There are, David. You can buy a shopping bag, and um, the shopping bag is awesome for you to take to games. However, do not carry any sort of like canned drinks or umbrellas or lighters or darts or ammunition or frogs <laughs> in them, um, because they are banned. However, you can get hoodies and t-shirts and whatever else. Um, I've ordered a hoodie. Should hopefully be here by Sunday. It's like double taxing because I pay for it and then we get the money back through the podcast. But brilliant. That's fine. Um, and it's paid directly but, to me, if I understand correctly, into, uh, into my account. It goes straight into your PayPal. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, so log on, have a look. It's all on our Twitter and our Facebook. Um, and we've got to give a huge shout out to Adam, who does all our design. James, you know his Twitter? So Adam uh, Nitch. Adam Nitch, yeah. Um, Adam N I C H. He he designed yeah. our he, well our, our logo and has designed yeah much of the stuff that you see in the shop, including the can we have a chat about Wolves Away T-shirt, which uh, I'm pretty certain will be the bestseller by the end of the week. Which is also available in khaki. In case you're in the army, um, <laughs> I thought I'd throw it out there. I thought. Oh, you know, you can have blue, white, red, yellow. I thought, no, do you know what? I'm going to throw one out for the forces. You do, ha- you do have a fair contingent of listeners from the uh, from the armed forces, don't you? I mean, like you're you're massive in the army and the navy, aren't you? That's oh, what yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> so I just thought this means they can hide in the jungle, yeah. wear the shirt, represent <laughs> the podcast, but no one will see them. Um. So yeah, they're all available. It's pretty expensive. Not going to lie. Um, but like I said, it's all eco-friendly <laughs> and it's it's not fruit of the loom. So woo! Vic, don't, don't ever go into sales, for God's sake, please, no. And um, uh, that's why I work in marketing. The, uh, the khaki version, by the way, of the Wolves t-shirt would be very good if you ever find yourself going to Wolves Away because you'll want to hide from Wolves fans due to the fact that they're all horrible. Um, slight aside to all that, but, uh, David, you mentioned about our, our new cartoon versions. Anyone that's not seen the video, have a look at our Facebook or our YouTube. Now, of course, as you are guest podcaster tonight, would you like a, a, a cartooned David Garrido made for you? Because we can well, make like, that happen. Like, 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 yeah, like yours, like a, like a Bitmoji type thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? We yeah, okay. I am. Um, right. David, I actually had a dream the other night. I had a dream. Um, that, <laughs> <laughs> um, that I was on holiday and I bought one of those. Do you know those? Little things, I think they were called like Pez or something, where you could like shoot out little yeah. soap-shaped treats. Um, and it had your face on it, and that was in my dream. And I was like, oh my God, David, <laughs> look what I just bought from Spain. So maybe, hopefully, one day, if this gets to number one, we could, oh. we could make those. Oh, that that is the dream right there. That is the dream. Not just your dream, that is the dream. And I would, yes, sign me up right now. And also, can I get a signed... Hessian bag, please. <laughs> they are they, are they are described in the shop as man bag, so it is completely acceptable. Oh, well, you know me, I'm as metrosexual as they come. So literally, yep, yeah, sign me up. I want three. <laughs> Brilliant. We will, of course, post the uh, the link to directly to the shop, so you can have a look if there's anything that you uh, that you want. Contrary to what Vic says, I don't think they're too badly priced. They're actually cheaper than the ones in the uh, in the shop that we were running before. So uh, you can save yourself. That is a, true. A couple That's of true. Quid. Right, on and to... they're, they're eco-friendly, James. They're Sorry, eco-friendly. eco-friendly. And how do you describe it? They're not made by kids. Which, you know, yeah, as exactly. much as you can want from a, from a T-shirt. What do you want? <laughs> now, we discussed earlier on the absence of Dickie Owl tonight. Now, in his honour, uh, I, I feel it's right that we continue with his Where Are We Now feature, which, to be fair, I've already kind of hijacked over the last couple of weeks anyway. Um, so who was it? It was after last week, and and already oh, by the end. I can't remember. Fudge knew him, and Eddie knew him. Yeah, they were like uh, personal personal friends. So I've, yeah. I've I've been trying hard to come up with a player that I I don't think any of us are going to know personally, um, but probably still remember. So I'm taking us back to the early nineties, and a guy who was I think at the time our third choice goalkeeper. Oh, I think I know who this is. Anyone remember the name Lance oh, Key? Yeah! Now, David, you're going to tell me that you've... Oh, David, you're going to ruin it. Go you've got, on, ruin you've got, it. You've ruin got it. him on your Facebook or something, haven't you? No, no, I'm, no, I'm not in touch with him, but I do remember him. Like, when I when I was, like, a very sort of, you know, te- teenage Wednesday fan, well, yeah, I mean, in early 90s, I was, like, 10 or something, and I used to, like, write down all the names of all the players. I used to keep this little notebook, and I used to write down all the names of the players, and... <laughs> would me, you know, I mean, obviously, before him was that like Lance Key, and I, yeah, I, I remember what he looked like. I remember what his sort of little pen pick looked like, little sort of, you know, like a little sticker image, if you like. Yeah, that's a, that's a proper heritage reference. I'm enjoying that, James. David, right? he, he had David. beautiful mousy blonde hair, didn't he? David, he, do you love Lance Key? I, I, I do enjoy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so if this you want, is... Lance, if you're listening, hey, if you no, want to get in touch, it's I... at TWWcast, and we will put you in touch with David Greeder. <laughs> I enjoy a lot of heritage players, let's put it that way. I think, you know, a lot of unsung, well, I want to say unsung heroes, but I'm not sure they all are. But yeah, Lance, Lance Key is right up there. Good choice. Good choice. See, I can't actually remember whether he played a, a single game for us or or not. He was always there or thereabouts the squad, wasn't he? But yeah, he did he get get a couple of appearances under his belt? Fair enough. So this this is the task. This is the task for the week ahead. Now I've I've done the legwork on this by looking him up on on on, on the Google and uh, couldn't really find any way of contacting him. So this is a serious project for uh, for you lot out there. We've got to try and track down 
Lansky. And, you know, let's... I'm not saying it's competition or anything, but, you know, if we can track him down, it will really, really annoy Rich. It'll really get on his nerves that he's not managed <laughs> yet to track down any of his. So if we do this without him being here, it, it'll really pee him off. So, um, yeah, well worth you doing. Uh, right then, let's let's talk about some more football because, uh, as we said earlier, last game before the international break coming up this uh, this week, and it is a cracker, isn't it? So it's the uh, it's a replay of the playoff semi final from uh, from last season. Two two teams at the start of the season who were hotly tipped to be up there or thereabouts. Two teams that have made pretty good starts to the season. Wednesday against Brighton at Hillsborough this Saturday, and this is you know. I don't want to talk about six pointers this earlier in the season, but this is a hell of a big game. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm nervous about this one. I must admit, I am. And I don't know. Do they owe us a spanking? I think they might do. And eh, I don't know. I, eh. that, that's my analysis. That's great, great, great analysis from uh, from Vic, <laughs> as ever. Um, well, well, look. What we what do we know about Brighton? We know that they're they're tough. They're organised. Um, I mean, they they don't they don't concede. So you know, we're going to have to really sort of play like we we know we can do at home and and be really incisive with that and and high tempo. Um, they they managed to have done the same thing as they did before the playoff semi final. Well, in the playoff semi final first leg at Hillsborough, they managed to total their own midfield. Do you remember? Um, and you know, yeah, the players. That's true. That, Etc. Um, well, I think they've done the same thing again. Dale Stevens won't play. I think Bram Kyle is out as well. Um, so, so you know, they come slightly, slightly weakened. Um, but you know, I, I think this is going to be. I think it's going to be, as you say, it's going to be a, a real belter of a game. You know, Knockhart's a cracking player. I think that is the key for me because we only just survived the first 25 minutes at the at the Amex in that second leg when he was absolutely on fire. Although a mate of mine at work tells me he's, he's much more of a home player. He really is a big difference in the way that he plays at home and the way he plays away he tends to kind of go missing when they go on the road. So let's just hope that's the case. But uh, no, I, I'm, I, you know, I know what you mean. It's, it's kind of a little daunting because, you know, they are one of those teams who are up there with a decent manager but I think I think we'll be okay. I, I think we've kind of turned the corner now after that. You know, the, the last couple of wins. I think I think we'll be all right. We've talked a lot on the podcast so far this evening about the players who are banging form and have been scoring goals and, and getting uh, rave reviews. One player we've not mentioned so far is uh, is Gary Hooper, who's coming for a bit of stick from some Wednesday fans. Uh, but but Stephen Fletcher in his interviews talked about how much he enjoys playing with with Hooper, how well they work together. And I actually think that the last couple of games where, where Hooper's played, he's put in a good performance. For me, he's a little bit of an unsung hero because the, his movement off the ball, the way he pulls defenders around, I think it was brilliant last season. I think he's doing exactly the same this season. But because he's not banging the goals in prolifically, he seems to be getting a bit of stick. Um, where do you guys stand on this? Should... Should, is Hooper deserving of a place in the uh, in in the starting eleven at the moment? Uh, I think my view is a bit controversial, so I'll leave to David. Um, so I think he's one of those players that plays in fits and starts. Um, you know, I think it was was it Birmingham away. It was Birmingham away last year, wasn't it? When he scored those two, but it, he kind of had done it. I think in the game against Cardiff, the the week before we came from two down, and and he was quite. Sort of pivotal in the way that we played in that game. Um, 
I, 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 my view is that I mean, we've got we've got a quandary here because Fletcher will play, and the question is, who does he pair him up with? Um, it's you know, it's either Gary Hooper or, or Fernando. And at the moment, we seem to be favouring Fernando on the left side of midfield. I personally think that's a bit of a a bit of a funny one because then it, it blocks out another midfield position where we've got loads of midfielders and he's not really a midfielder and yet we're using one of those midfielder positions for him. So I would probably play him up front with with Fletcher. I just think that the two just seem to kind of complement. But he, if he himself is saying that he's enjoying playing with him, um, is again one of those things where we have the options. My view, I would probably start Gary on the bench and and have, you know, Forrest Jerry and Hooper up front. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's a player who, when he's on a little bit of a run, that he is quite imposing in games, but it's just it doesn't seem to last that long. It might last two or three games, and then he's off the boil a little bit after that. But, you know, he, he likes to drop deep. He's, he's a sort of player that links up well, um, but he doesn't have the same impact, I don't think, that, that Forestieri has. I just find, like, when I go to get a cup of tea and I get knackered, as I walked to that kettle. And I think he's just, <laughs> he's knackered from the minute he gets on that pitch. And it just, I mean, he looks, he looks a lot slimmer. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not like fat shaming him or anything like that. Um, he looks like he's, he's toned up a lot. He looks a lot fitter than he did last season. But he looks knackered all the time. And it's like, it's just I just want to give him a prod. He likes to just kind of not trot around, but just sort of like uh, he, I think it's you're right. Like the the kind of frame of him is quite deceiving in some ways because when he, when I saw him at Charlton away last season, he was he was just whoa, bloody hell, you know, thinking the guy needs to lose some timber. He really does, um, and and he and he eventually did. But when you're when you're like barrel chested, a bit like he is, you know, it's sort of a, <laughs> barrel chested. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm going to start using that to describe myself. Sorry, I'm barrel-chested. It's like slightly different, to be honest. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, where was I? I can't even remember. Um, I, I, so, I, think, I think you were um, barrel-chested. I think that's where you got yeah, to. That's, <laughs> that's right. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think appearances can be deceiving. Let's put it that way. I think he, he's never going to be, you know, your hardest-working, you know, tearing up the pitch a Fernando Forestieri or a Kieran Lee or someone like that, uh, or, or, you know, Bannon where he's herring back to, to try and, you know, win back possession or something like that. He's, he's not one of those. He's just simply at a slower pace most of the time. But when he springs a little bit, you know, and he's in, in a position, that's when I think, okay, hang on a minute, this guy can do something. But it's just, it's not as, as apparent with him what it is that he's good at. It's not as immediately apparent. But, you know, I think there are times when he does completely own a game. I think, you know, as I said, that Birmingham game last season is a is a case in point. My my point is, does he do it often enough for that to warrant him a starting place? And at the moment, I think probably not. Here's a question. Where would you find all of the following in one place? Chairs, tables, beer, Vic, James, more beer, Dickyow, Eddie, more beer, and the rest of the Wednesday week gang. That's right, it's the Riverside Cafe's new outside bar. All of your favourite lagers, ciders, soft drinks and hand pump ales are now available outside. Come and see the gang and give it a try. The Riverside Cafe's new outside bar. 
now open on match days. Uh, right then, before we wrap things up for uh, for this evening, um, it's little bits time. Vic, do you have anything for us? I only have a slight little bit, um, which has been my commute for the last couple of weeks. Well, last week, sorry, since we last recorded. Um, so I've been heading into work and I've always, always got stuck in traffic on Penniston Road and I've seen a lot of the squad. So I just wanted to let you know. Um, I saw New Hugh and Sasso in New Hugh's Range Rover, which was quite exciting. I also saw Fessy not on a bike, which I was oh, quite gosh. upset about. I know, yeah. Uh, I was quite. I was hoping for the bike again. I think. I think it's it's getting into winter now. Winter is it's a bit risky. Yeah. Um. You know. On the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I've seen quite a few of them. I've seen Tom Lee's. I've seen Leuven's. But today, oh my god! So today, I was driving down Parkside Road, and it was about half past eight, and Mister Carvajal drove past me. Wow. In his Merc with his sunglasses on, with his <laughs> windows down and his radio up. And he looked just like a god. He is a god, isn't he? Like, even as he cruises around in S6, he looked brilliant. And I think it's just like, I was just quite excited about that. I just thought, what a legend. It was like a Merc advert. If, if, we, if we look at, you know, the sort of talents of our of our squad and manager in terms of the aesthetic side of things would you say this Sasso. is talented so I mean, <laughs> as as a, as a metrosexual guy i can appreciate when another guy is good looking i don't have a problem admitting that would you say the whole squad and the manager is probably the best looking that we've had in some time oh i i have not studied them that hard david to be honest Rub, but I, you I, so have I, I, no, I'm getting a bit old now. I do. I'm not that old, but Carlos today looked beautiful. He had shades like wraparound shades. If my dad wore them, you'd be like, "Bill, take off your shades. Why are you wearing those?" But with Carlos, it's like, Carlos, you wear whichever shade you want, mate. You look awesome. He just looks so classy, and he really, really looked like just a classy sort of guy. He does. He, he's obviously like a very, very good-looking man. I do always think, though, that trouser yeah. is something that can be addressed. I do think that <laughs> just an extra inch at the bottom, just to cover the, you know, the top of the kind of... That extra of... inch always helps, David. Just... Yeah, well, so... <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think that, that maybe that could be addressed. A little bit I hard. couldn't. I couldn't see his trousers um, from a driving seat, but he, he just looked so... Cool. I and I know I'm at the age that cool part. isn't really cool anymore. Like if you say someone's cool now, it's a bit like really. But he looks so cool. Like I want to be him. Like I'm gonna get some sunglasses and drive around in my Fiat 500 and think I'm Carlos. That's... I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but but point of order yeah. in this in this conversation, if we're discussing the attractive or otherwiseness of the current Sheffield Wednesday squad. Sam Hutchinson single-handedly makes this the best-looking ever Sheffield yeah, Wednesday Yeah, I, I haven't seen him on a commute, so I can't comment, Sauce. Oh, if you're not seeing him on a commute, then obviously it doesn't count. Fair exactly, enough. exactly, yeah. 
That was the whole point of my little bit, James. So get with the program. Thank you for that. Uh, right, a few uh, <laughs> a few little bits from uh, from from me and continuing. And I think this is the fourth week in a row that I've actually done this now, which makes it a proper feature, which is the Carlos quote of the week. Um, and it's a close one this week between I've got two very good quotes. One that we'll all have heard, which was after the Forest game, where he said, uh, "If they're trying to kill me, they are very close." Uh, and my other favourite quote from uh, from Carlos this week, yeah. Uh, we closed all the windows and doors to keep Blackburn in the dark. So you can kind of pick your, your own favourite from um, from those two. I think two very good Carlos quotes. Um, another thing that's becoming a bit of a staple as well of my uh, of my bits is our stat of the week, uh, which is actually out of date now, so is slightly pointless. But before a staple of your bits. The staple of my pits, yes. That sounds like a really, really bad oh, medical procedure. Uh, bef- before Tuesday, we'd only been in the lead all, all together this season for 38 minutes. Uh, obviously, it's got out the window now because we were ahead for most of the game on, um, on, on Tuesday night. Although, interestingly, we were ahead uh, for longer in the game against Blackburn than we have been for every game combined for the entire season before that, which I just think is incredible considering the fact that we are, obviously we don't look at league tables, but we are up there or thereabouts. Um, So I think that's fantastic. Can I say as well, a massive congratulations to the real star of Stat of the Week, because I do always get it from from the same guy. We mentioned him last week, uh, Peter Lohman, who uh, this week became a daddy again, young anchor who was born on Wednesday night. So all the very best uh, to you, Peter, and uh, the family from all of us at the Wednesday week. Uh, one final thing from from me, and I've I've kind of made this into almost like a regular thing now as well, which I've I've started calling grumpy old owls because every week there seems to be an anniversary of something that that's happened this week and years gone by, and it was the same this week. So this week was eighteen years to the day since, and uh, you guys might have been there as well. The fateful game against Arsenal, where. Mm. Paolo, oh yes, Paolo Di Canio, his final act in oh. a Sheffield Wednesday shirt. At the time, you know, a huge deal. Now we kind of look back on it with a bit of fondness uh, and almost, you know, with a, a bit of a smile on our face. But um, the, the thing that everyone forgets about that game as well is Lee Briscoe scoring. Lee Briscoe, I was just going to say, absolutely stunning goal. He gets no credit for that game ever, does he? I was like, I was sat here waiting, like, oh my god. Please mention Lee Brisker. Get him on the He's one of those where are you nows. Get him on. Yeah, he could be a future. Oh my God, Lee now, Briscoe, yeah. are you listening? Absolutely. Were, were you guys at that game? Because I, I mean, I, I remember it really clearly because obviously that it was towards the back end of the first half where everything started kicking off. And I was sat on about row 10, row 11 of the cop. Uh, and all the people around me were getting really angry at the end of the first half. And there was a genuine discussion among them about whether or not we should carry out a pitch invasion at the start of the second half to get the match abandoned in protest at just how bad the referee had been. I was there. I remember it well. Um, and I have never, ever listened to a full conversation with Martin Keown ever since because <laughs> of that, that very game. Um, I... I turn him off. I cannot stab the man just because of that. It was all him. He ruined Wednesday up until 2010. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wasn't there, but um, obviously I remember it vividly. I remember speaking to him. I'm just trying to think exactly who it was. I've got a feeling it was Guy Whittingham or someone like that about it. And uh, how? Oh, no, 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 no. No, it was Andy Booth. Andy Booth. 
I did it right. for the Wednesday program. <laughs> he, was doing, he was saying how he had he was the one person in the entire stadium who didn't have a clue what happened because he got injured and he was down in the dressing room and he was getting treatment. And then, of course, Paolo storms in and he's ranting and raving and, you know, slamming doors and stuff. And Andy Booth was the only man in Hillsborough who did not know what had happened. <laughs> he was like, oh, Paolo's in a bit of a bad mood. What, what, what's up there then? And, you know, and it was and it, the way that he recounts it, it's really, really funny because it was only a bit later on that, that he actually worked out the whole extent of, you know, and then how everything unrolled after that with how Danny Wilson reacted and, and obviously the club, you know, standing firm on this, you know, how, how they thought that it was out of order and et cetera. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's there. That, it, obviously, I think when people talk about Wednesday in the, you know, in the 90s, Carboni, Decania, the next thing they go is, oh, what was that ref's name? Yeah, the dude that fell over. Paul yeah. Alcock. Yeah. That's Never the forget it, the bastard. <laughs> uh, David, anything from uh, from you before we bid adieu? Uh, yes, I have some breaking news um, and and a definitive answer to the question: Was it a clean hit? <laughs> Is this going to be better Ooh. than when we signed um, what's his face? Uh, go on, Philippe, Philippe Mello. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that well, yeah. I, I, listen, this is just. You still owe me for that, David. This is, this is a developing story. This Justin, um, I did ask him. He said, and I quote, "Ha ha, just a little one, minimal, crying with laughter, smiley face." So <laughs> that's. The did answer. he actually type "crying with laughter, smiley face"? Yes. Ty- yes. Does he not know that emojis so, exist? <laughs> he's also. <obviously, laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's that's the uh, that's the actual. That's the actual explanation. So, so pretty clean, tiny de- deflection. So, so actually, I, I was kind of right. It did take a deflection. Only a small one, but, you know, they all count. Uh, you were, babe. Stephen Fletcher has confirmed it. It's the first time I've ever got anything right when talking about football. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> Uh, right, that will bring us to uh, a close for this week's podcast. Vic, if anyone wants to uh, get hold of you to get tips on using potatoes on their radio, how do they do it? Uh, you can find me at Victoria1867 on Twitter. And if you go onto my Twitter page or profile, whatever it is, um, and click on my pinned tweet, there is a link to vote for us to be the podcast of the year at the Football Blog Awards. Um, we're going, so we're hoping that might mean that uh, we win because we've been invited. Um, but please, please vote for us. It doesn't take long. All you have to do is put in like your Facebook or your email or whatever and just type in the Wednesday week underneath best football podcast absolutely get it done um, David if people want to, um, to to call by your page and uh, see what you've been up to how would they go about that it is quite simply on Twitter at Sky Sports David obviously there is a, a greater amount of Spanish football content on there these days apologies if that's not your thing um, but uh, that, that is obviously part of what I'm doing now so uh yeah, but obviously on on a, on, a, on a Saturday you'll get the usual bits and bobs of, from me on team news etc. So yeah, come along. I'm, I'm taking it that there's no plans at the moment to reintroduce the giant ham to the uh, Spanish football <laughs> studio. I, I have been keeping an eye out, and as yet there's no sign of it. Is that a definite definite no no? Uh, yeah, I think for the moment um, we are keeping the studio as it is, but maybe for some sort of Christmas special, a Christmas ham. I will, I will propose it in any case. 
just on, just for you it would make me the happiest person in the world uh, if you want to get hold of me on twitter i am at james marriott of course me and vic as ever will be uh, in the riverside cafe i assume we'll be in the riverside cafe uh, yes. before the brighton match on saturday so come say hi and um and have a drink with us uh, you can follow the podcast at TWWcast. find us on facebook find us on youtube if you want to drop us an email it's at uh, no it's uh let me get this right if you want to send us an email it's twwpodcast at gmail.com hopefully we will be back to full strength next week as ever a massive thank you to david for stepping in this week and sparing our blushes because if it was just me and vic christ that'd be boring wouldn't it no one wants Bloody to listen to that hell. even my mum wouldn't listen would she she'd be like i hear this all the time it'd just be you telling me off to. for things no one wants to see that <laughs> Anyway, thank you very much for your uh, company. And, uh, well, Vic, it's got to be over to you. Be good, be safe, and we will see you real soon. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.